Hey, the internet, how is it going? My name is Ben Wint, and this is a podcast called Ope Radio, and it's all about the local music scene of Kansas City in Lawrence, Kansas. I'm really excited about today's episode because it is a departure from format. If you are a regular listener or subscriber of the show, you know usually I play 10 songs, kind of talk about them, provide some context, and then peace out. And today's episode is it's totally different. It's going to be a new thing, and I am absolutely looking forward to hearing some feedback on it. I hope you guys like it. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Uh, check out the other episodes because they're, they're a totally different thing from this. There's going to be some music, but mostly today is an interview with the band Blacklight Animals, who just dropped this incredible new record called Playboys of the Western World. And I just chatted with them. They're awesome people. I'm, I'm friends with them. In, in real life, uh, in addition to really just truly loving their music. And so it was fun to catch up with them. We end up really in the weeds talking about the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, which I, s I swear happens every single time that uh, the five of us end up talking. <laughs> so I hope you enjoy the conversation we had. And there is some music along the way, playing a couple of tracks by them. And then I'll tease that uh, at one point we play a song from a local artist that they chose. And so I hope you guys enjoy it. Enough of me talking. Let's let's get on to the interview. Yeah, that's that's it's interview time. Interview time. All right, so here is the interview that you've all been waiting for the the cutting edge journalism, the the uh, gotcha questions that that you need. I have I have the band Blacklight Animals via Zoom because it's 2020 and that's what we do now. Uh, guys, welcome to Ope Radio. Welcome, th thank you for being the first band to come and do an interview on the podcast. Thank you so much. Our pleasure. Thanks, Thanks for having us. So there's there's more than one of you. Uh, <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> and uh, I, I tend to find when I'm listening to interviews with multiple people, I kind of like to establish up top who is whose voice. So uh, one at a time, how would you say your name, what you do in the band, and just kind of be like, this is what my voice sounds like. How's that sound? Is this good hosting? Am I doing the thing? <laughs> doing great. Hi, <laughs> my name is Cole, and I sing and play guitar and piano. Uh, I okay. I'm uh, my name's Cody, and I play uh, lead guitar, and and we we all help write songs, so I help with that too. My name's Brandon. Um, I play bass and sing sometimes live. Hey, I'm Zach. I play drums and uh, the pyrotechnics. Yeah. <laughs> yes oh man pyrotechnics that's that's an important uh element of any live show uh speaking of which i i miss live shows so uh you guys put out this awesome new record it is it is called playboys of the western world it has been played on this podcast a couple of times not the album in full but you know uh, four or five songs off of it and i'm loving it I, it's it's getting great feedback from our listeners and so i'm just stoked to have you guys on partially to talk about the record and plug it, but also partially uh, to, to just to let the listeners get to know you better. One of the big things with Oak Radio that I try to do is apply context. So I, I have this theory that the biggest barrier between you and new music is context. It's like, it's so daunting to walk into a record store and just see all of the records there and, and even begin to conceptualize listening to all of it. And yet if your friend says, hey, I know you like this band and this band and this band kind of sounds like those two bands combined. You're so much more likely to try it out. You're also so much more likely to try it out. If you're friends with somebody in a band, you're way more likely to go to a concert. If it's like your coworkers playing on Friday night and you're, you're going to go check it out. And that's what we used to do in the before and team. Uh, we don't, we don't do that anymore, but 
all this is to say, I hope to, uh, th with this, we can provide some context to you guys as, as people. But before we do that, let's play a song off of the record. So uh, I don't know if you guys have one in mind or if, if you guys want to battle to the death to see who gets to pick one. But let's, let's start should... off by playing a song from the record so that people can hear it. And, uh, you know, maybe pick one that you're especially proud of or I don't know, one that you hate, whatever you want to do. <laughs> uh, we should do one that hasn't been played before. Like, uh, I don't know, like Revolution. Revolution Diaper Party. Party? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks. There we go. You guys are on the same page. You guys should start another band. That's great. All right. So uh, let's do it. So this is the Revolution's After Party. This is Blacklight Animals. And the record is Playboys of the Western World. Dig it. Wow, what great rock and roll music. 
Am I right? Yes, <laughs> you're correct. <laughs> Sweet. So, um, yeah, I I, I want to start by just asking you guys. You guys have an interesting story, I think, in the fact that you guys were a band called Instant Karma, a, a wonderful band, one of my favorite bands in the Kansas City scene in the last several years, and you decided to rebrand entirely. And so I would just love to ask you guys to speak to that a bit. What caused that? And um, how are you feeling about it? I mean, you know, you've, you've rebranded. Did I know of you guys have been Blacklight Animals for, I guess you started releasing music about three months ago. Is that about right? Well, we're, that sounds we, about right. Time yeah, is a construct up, that no longer matters. <laughs> right. I was a no, we, start, we started off, we, we, we did something that we didn't think we were going to do, which we um, did that Love and Mercy cover. Yes. Um, which was actually technically our first release, but it had nothing to do with that album. It was a be- cover of a Beach Boy song, and we thought it was kind of important to do that in the middle of that whole, you know, it was in the middle of the protests and sure. uh, and, and all that kind of stuff. So so that was kind of a little bit unplanned. But, but yeah, to your question, um, Cody and I came up with the name Instant Karma when we were like 15, 16 years old, um, and it was for a talent show we were playing in high school. Um, it, it was three guitar players. It was Cody, myself, and uh, Curtis Maloney. Shout out if you're out there somewhere. And uh, we, we all played guitar on it. No bass player. And and we covered while my guitar gently weep. So that was where, you know, the name Instant Karma came into play. And we proceeded to play a bunch of open mics, a bunch of blues covers. And we just felt like we were in a totally different place now. I totally get that. I think there are probably... A- to me, that's very relatable, and I, I am assuming that there are the musicians in here who kind of know that feeling of your first really serious band. I, I think this is a little bit of a trite comparison, but you often do hear bands be referred to kind of like relationships, you know, and like, I think you have that first relationship in high school, and then you graduate high school, and then like suddenly you're an adult, and it's like, does it seem kind of silly to still be doing this thing that I was doing when I was 15, 16, you know, and uh so, no, I, I think that totally makes sense. I mean, you guys are in a different phase of your life. And I also think, not that this has to be the end-all be-all, but it sounds like a different band. You guys have changed the identity enough that, like, you know, like, if Radiohead had decided to rename themselves when they released Kid A, like, I think that would kind of make sense. Like, I'm glad they didn't. I think it's cool that they didn't. But, uh, yeah, so I, I think that checks out. Uh, now, this this new record again you know this is coming from the angle of local music i i do want to contextualize your record as a kansas city lawrence kansas record so i'm curious to know about the actual physical production of the record where did you guys record <laughs> who did you record with etc and you know be sure to shout out as many people because you know an album like this lots of fingers touch it and i'm i'm sure you guys are um, you know very thankful for all the people who are involved well i think the person <laughs> Yeah, as I say, the person who should feel that question is the one whose fingers have touched this album the most. <laughs> I, I assume you're talking about me. Uh, <laughs> That's correct. Um, exactly. Yeah, so basically, uh, uh, I think uh, what the album says is this re- uh, has been recorded in a series of basements. So basically, uh, it started off uh, in Belton at Colt's uncle's house. We started recording there. Then his uncle sold that house, so we kind of lost our makeshift makeshift studio there oh, and no. then uh i was living with my best friend at the time shout out to caleb johnson um moved to oh shout out caleb. Yeah. okay i <laughs> uh, moved to his basement while i was living there and then finished up the album uh at me and my wife's house here in uh north Kansas City. so just gone through a series of basements so 
at this point, is the is the studio semi permanent in your new basement? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the plan is to finish up this uh, the basement, make it kind of more of a permanent solution. But uh, it's worked well. So the next EP or album, instead of being recorded in a series of basements, will just be recorded in a single basement. That's the hope. Hopefully just that's the, the hope. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. We just moved a six hundred pound piano down there, and it's not coming back up. <laughs> so that is the studio. Yeah, yeah. That is now a load bearing piano. Yeah. That's wonderful. <laughs> uh, were there so were there any guest musicians or anybody in in KC other than you guys, or does everybody on the record kind of provide every every vocal, every instrument, et cetera? Uh, it was it was mostly the four of us, but we did have uh, Chris Hazelton who runs Sunflower Soul. Who's oh, also awesome! In the yeah, affair. yeah, he came in and played piano on a tune, and then we had um, Alyssa Bell and Matt. His last name is escaping me. Um, come in and play uh, viola and violin, and they helped arrange some awesome. stuff. Yeah, I, that the strings was coming to mind specifically. I was wondering if one of you was going to blow my mind and <laughs> teach me that you also play the violin. Not today, Ben. Yeah. Not yet. Hey, Sorry. man, it's the choir. We got a lot of free time. Maybe, maybe <laughs> for the next record. Yeah. Surprise, surprise! Like, not only is Moser the best bass player in the world, he's also an amazing string player, and he did all that. <laughs> I'd buy it. I would absolutely <laughs> buy it. Yeah. Uh, well, that's. A, I mean, like, I don't know if you guys will be doing this when you guys play. Have you guys played a set live yet at the Rhino? At the Rhino, yeah. As Black Light Animals, right before... Yes. Okay, and I just missed it like a dum-dum. That's, see, that makes me very sad. <laughs> we we didn't advertise it. It was okay. like, supposed to be a warm-up. It's supposed to be show. like a dry run, yeah. I get it. I get it. Totally. Uh, did you guys switch instruments at all during that show? Because I, 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 in Instant Karma, a cool thing I, that would happen is every now and then you guys... Like, in all seriousness, Brandon absolutely shreds on lead guitar as well. And so, like, uh, is that an element that you guys see happening with this band as well? Live is uh, changing places at all? <laughs> that was supposed to be an no. Alice in Wonderland reference. And it sounds like someone <laughs> just sat on my lap really fast. <laughs> uh, not not as much. Um, I mean, I switched back and forth from piano to guitar, but that's okay. about it. We kind of have all fallen into these very specific roles, I think, playing these songs. We cool. Found. Cool. All right. So uh, let's play another song off of the record. Um, it, do you guys have a specific one you want me to play? I'm, I've, I've played a couple. Um, you know, I'm, I haven't played Dark Fantasies in a minute. That was uh, the first one that I played on the podcast. Cool with me spinning that one? Yeah, they like cool. that one. All right, sweet. So this is Dark Fantasies from the record that where we are chatting about Playboys of the Western World. And uh, yeah, uh, dig it. Yeah, I think I said dig it the last time. So uh, check it out. I'm not going to fix that in post. <laughs> <laughs>
So, again, that was Dark Fantasies from the record Playboys of the Western World by the band Blacklight Animals, who I am chatting with this episode. This is the 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 prototype of potential. I, I hope to do this more often. This is very fun. I mean, I really like you guys. So uh, I'm very thrilled that you guys are the first band to do it just because you're you're cool. Cool. Wait, do you like you too, Ben? Yeah, do you great. like us or do you like like us, Ben? <laughs> uh, you know, I mean... I never yes, thought so about like liking four dudes at the same time, but yeah, yeah, I like it's like 20, you guys. I, it's twenty twenty, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> give it the times, wake up. <laughs> All right, so I want to speaking of like liking you guys, I want to get you guys uh, to know you guys a little bit better um, with with some. Uh, I don't know. I think these are like relevant to a music podcast, Kansas City music podcast questions, but uh, hopefully not super tedious. You know, hopefully I'm asking you guys some questions that you haven't necessarily been directly asked before. So. Uh, the first thing I want to ask is if you guys could describe Blacklight Animals' sound in reference to two or three other bands' sounds. So, uh, like, my band, The Way Way Back, I kind of tell people we sound like Newfound Glory 
meets Blink-182 with like vocals of, of Third Eye Blind and lyrics of Third Eye Blind. So how, how would you guys in that kind of context describe Black Light Animals? Mozart's usually pretty good at putting these things concisely. <laughs> yeah. So fearful about to happen. Um, three, uh, Bowie, Ennio Marconi. Oh, right R. on. And yeah, rest and power. Yeah. Oh, what would be a good third one? I'm going to pass that. So I'm going to take the third one. Honestly, I mean, you don't have to throw in a third because I think you did just sum it up perfectly. <laughs> That's it. You've right got, there. <laughs> you, I mean, like, you've got Bowie's spacey, like, not quite psychedelic, but just kind of like out there. Let's look at this from another angle meets spaghetti western score I, th I think that that is absolutely spot on you guys are absolutely sticking the landing there that's <laughs> bowie that's like cool the, the, thank you yeah no thank you uh because the record's awesome uh yeah no 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 there's just so much bowie and i also think specifically uh different eras of bowie like it's it, bowie in in different eras pops up because i whenever i do the podcast I, I try really hard um i would do it more often than i do but I really want each episode to be very genuine. And I want to be able to speak to all 10 of the songs I play as someone who has truly listened to the songs multiple times. You know, I don't ever want the podcast to be, oh, here's 10 random songs and, and here it is. I, like, I, I really want to, I've sunk my teeth into the music and digested it. And when, as soon as I heard you guys, that, that was the biggest difference from Instant Karma to Blacklight Animals to me was, I didn't necessarily get, I know you guys dig Bowie, but I didn't necessarily get any Bowie in Instant Karma. And I get so much Bowie and blacklight animals which makes me happy because uh, i i'm a i'm a bowie i like bowie tied pasta that's not good i <laughs> i don't know why i said that I, <laughs> so well, yeah well I, go ahead go ahead cole no are no, we okay, gonna talk cool. bowie talk bowie let's, let's, let's talk bowie for a second you're listening yeah. to bowie cast <laughs> well Crowd control mean, to major you sorry you should talk <laughs> i'm the worst host ever talk <laughs> But before we get on the, on the Bowie train, I think just speaking to Instant Karma, we didn't really know what our sound was. I mean, I think that was very much us trying to discover what we sounded like, you know, probably ripping off a lot of bands in the process, like the Black Keys and stuff. And I think the difference with this record is we knew probably a quarter of the way into it, kind of, okay, this is our sound, this is something unique, and this is the kind of record we want to make. That's like Jamie, Jamie Hintz Jamie one time said uh, that you get your entire life um, to make your first record, you know, and to me, this was like an actual statement of, you know, like, this is, this is what we sound like. This is what, yes, Black this Light is Animal the first, like. this is the first record. I, 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 I'm not just blowing smoke up your asses. I, I very much get that. I think that's very clear. And, and I really, again, I liked Instant Karma a lot. Um, this is a, a new totally different thing like this is you guys have uh you guys were charmander and you guys went straight from charmeleon <laughs> to charizard you, you guys you are like get charmeleon out of here we don't have time time for that so i i, I want that, what no 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 please talk i yes i think that this is the first time that we felt and this is going to sound cliche but absolutely authentic like mm -hmm. absolutely one of a kind as far as what we were trying to do and I, that's what we've been searching for this whole quest has been for that feeling i think and i'm so glad that you guys found that but i, I think it's not a coincidence I, I think that takes so much more time than people give it credit for i think that there's so like um 
Malcolm Gladwell has like this theory of like the 10,000 hours of mastery and that like it is this uh, ever-changing thing that like different skills require different mastery. Like playing guitar is not the same as playing guitar in front of people on stage. And, and it's not the same as writing songs. And it's not the same as being a band. And I do think you have to like truly get in there and put in your reps and do your time and figure out what you like and what you don't like. It's, it's an era, area where I think um, the way people talk about stand-up comedy, they are more accepting of the idea that that Patton Oswalt does not happen overnight, right? That, that, that mm. Patton Oswalt takes maybe literally a decade to develop his voice before he's ready to be the amazing, quirky, weird comic book stand-up guy that he is, right? And I think that with musicians, people are like, well, you know the four chords, but write the songs, go, go. Because every now and then there are those absolute, you know, just, just brilliant talents that make it when they're 16, 17, 18. But I think in general, most people need to settle into their 20s and 30s and have some real time actually getting out there and getting their hands dirty before. I, I think the word authentic, I, I hear what you're saying that like it might sound kind of cliche, but I think that that's very true. I, I think that um, you have to find authenticity. Authenticity isn't something that just shows up. It's earned. And you guys, I, I, I think it shows. I want to talk about the future because the present is kind of a frustrating dark time. <laughs> so for this imaginary exercise, COVID is over, everything's safe and awesome, and I want to know, your first show back, what local venue are you playing at, and what two other local bands are on the bill, and then also, what is the song you open with? Like, what is the song that when all this crap settles, you just can't wait to be on a stage playing, like just shoving in people's faces, just blasting as loud as you can? So again, uh, what's the venue, who are the other two bands, and what song do you open with? We don't even have to be hypothetical about this. Um, we're we are actually playing a show at Lemonade Park um, in August. That's awesome. Well, that's, just, that's, yeah. that's what's great. Outdoor music is still yeah, absolutely okay, great. And I guess uh, we can say now. I don't know. I I don't know if this is like. Are you gonna spoil the <laughs> opener? I, yeah, I guess we can do it. Um, so the Freedom Affair will be opening the show, um, yes. and then. We've got the Faye coming in from um, Nebraska. I think they're at a Lincoln, Nebraska uh, for the show. So it's going to be a really great bill. That's awesome. What's the date? I don't know. Uh, August 14th. August 14th. Is this breaking news? Is this Has this been announced yet? Because I don't feel like I, yeah, I think you might be getting this first. Hey, I got the scoop, <laughs> scoop, scoop. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Oh, my gosh. I hope I don't get you guys in trouble. Uh, that's excellent. Um Great. And are you going to announce right now what song you will start your set off with? Or do we have to keep that as a... Uh, Ooh, let's let's keep one. it a surprise. Yeah. I say let's keep it a surprise. Yeah. All right. I like that. You know what? Sometimes it's okay to be coy. I like that. Okay. So speaking of KC, I want to know what you guys think is the best barbecue in Kansas City not named Joe's, <laughs> Gates, or Bryant's. So can't throw it's out like one of the big contentious. three. Yeah. Ooh, I want it. Let's let's start a fight. Let's. Uh, I'll be the Yoko. Let's let's do this. Uh, all right. Are you gonna start screaming um, and wailing? Yes, I will. <laughs> and there's gonna be some really weird solo stuff from Brandon and me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I usually go between Sneeds or, or BB's Lawnside. Those are my two. BB's is exceptional, and the fact that they have such good music yeah. too is is just absolutely a, a a deal sealer. All right, acceptable. Yes. <laughs> I go slaps. Any other takes? I go slaps. Yep. I've heard good things about slaps. I've never been to slaps. Slaps yeah, is my 
Slaps is my current All pick. Right. I think so. Uh, in the uh, yeah, I guess I'll shamelessly do it. And you know what? It won't be shameless because I'll plug you guys too. Um, for the Kansas City Pitch 2020 Best of Kansas City Awards, I voted for Best Barbecue Side Dish Slaps Baked Potato Casserole. It's unreal. Yeah. I am lactose intolerant. I cannot handle butter or cheese. I I go there and I I eat, I'm not exaggerating. 15 to 25 lactate pills to eat that. And I feel horrible the next day, and it's worth it. It's worth every bite. I don't care. That dish is amazing. Like, everything else they have is great, but the baked potato casserole is unreal. And people should vote for Playboys of the Western World as the best local album or best local release, I think is the category. And they should vote for Oak Radio, which is the podcast that you're listening yeah. to, checking in for Agreed. a yeah. identification. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Slaps, slaps gets I, – I second that. Any other, any other picks that we want to throw in there? The Woodside place that what, no Woodyard that was good. yeah Woodyard's yep. great yeah uh, I love Woodyard oh my god Woodyard hits Woodyard has maybe the best ribs in the whole city they're they're really really great who do you yeah. think has, who do you think has best burnt ends best burnt ends so I think that that is between so I have like a take I don't okay so like one of my <laughs> this is a whole tangent. So, like, one of my favorite bands, but, like, I'm always afraid to say this because people are so hard on them, is, is U2. U2's, like, literally one of my favorite bands of all time. And and um, I weirdly feel like Charbar is, for some reason, the U2 of Kansas City Barbecue, and people are, like, really hard on it. I think Charbar's burn-ins are very high up there, and then Slaps, I also think, are, like, and then like Joe, like we can't. I, I by by the nature like nature of the category, Joe's is out. But like, if I can break the rule for the second, like there's a reason why Joe's is like so crazy famous. They're burning. They're they're, they're literally Char perfect. Charbar, so like Charbar is weird because like they do everything a la carte. Like they have like all their sides are a la carte, and so like it can get kind of expensive if you don't kind of go in there with a game plan. Like if you're like, oh, I want sweet potato fries and and baked beans and a sandwich. It, like it gets, but like. I think people are hard on Charbar. Like they're hard on U2. U2's, U2's good. Especially like. One, I tell you, one might be warranted. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> All right. So next, I want to ask you guys, uh, this is like a, like a first date uh, icebreaker question. Uh, each one of you can give the, a different answer to this, although it'll be magical if, if you guys all give the same answer. You are stranded on the International Space Station alone for the rest of your life and you have only one artist's discography to listen to. So who's who are you picking? And, and the reason I think this is an interesting one is because I'm not asking you what's your favorite album. I'm not asking you who's the best band. I'm asking you the whole discography. So I think you've got to factor in longevity. I think you've got to factor in variants. Like, I love Neutral Milk Hotel, but I would never pick Neutral Milk Hotel for this answer because they're basically a two-album band, right? So uh, yeah. whenever someone's got an answer, hop in, but let, let me know. I tell That's you without rough. without without thinking uh, too much about it, uh, I immediately jump to the Stones. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say Stones. I mean, just for yeah. longevity's sake. Although after I don't know eighty one, it gets pretty dicey. Well, the yeah. thing I like about them <laughs> is you don't have to worry about limiting what you're gonna hear too much, right? Like you're gonna get. You were talking about bands that developed earlier, yep. so they were in a weird position where their record company, well, the couple that they were with, you know, ABCKO and all that kind of stuff they let them develop. So you're going to get a blues cover band. You're going to get a psych band. You're going to get a country influence band yep. and you're going to get an actual straight up, just 
gritty, dirty rock and roll band, all yeah. in the context of, and you don't even have to get past 81 to do all that. Cause I'm right. not going to listen to anything past 81, except for maybe doom and gloom. I feel like on Sundays you have like, uh, you have like, I drink all the pina coladas I want and listen to post 81 stones. Like what one day a week. <laughs> that's what, that's what you do. <laughs> yeah. I am with you. And especially, I mean, like in addition to just the crazy longevity, I mean, you've got that run from, uh, you've got like, it's, I'm trying to, it's, it's uh, sticky fingers, let it bleed exile on main and go ahead soup. Right. Isn't that four in a row? And beggars before that too. You've got five, Phenomenal in a, run. five in a row. That's like maybe the all time great five consecutive records. Yeah. That well, is, and then honestly, Stones is a great answer. I, I know that this is not, I mean, this is kind of when they became like dad rock, but I love it. It's only rock and roll. That entire album is super solid. And, and some girls and you, tattoo yeah, you. Yeah, I was some, gonna say you can skip. Girls. You can skip black and blue, but then you get to some girls. That's <laughs> yeah. that's better than what they. I think that's better than Goat's Head Soup and um, it's only rock and roll. Yeah, man. More consistent. Yeah, some girls. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Uh, like start to finish, and I I think also like I agree with what you're saying that they do get a little dad rock, but like, aren't they kind of pre dad rock? Like like they kind of <laughs> deserve a little bit of credit for like kind of pushing that forward and becoming the thing that gets copied over and over again like i'm like a little bit of a mumford and sons apologist because like i feel like a that whole stomp folk thing that happened there for a minute that was like kind of weird honestly uh they were coming from a more honest place when they were trying to do it and then suddenly it was the big giant thing and then every other band was tailgating it i feel like the stones did that a little bit with that like late 70s early 80s dad rock but absolutely and then it kind of kind of like with zeppelin it became almost a parody of itself you know yes, after that absolutely absolutely well i think keith was a big catalyst for that i think keith was not <laughs> wanting to change mick was yeah. wanting to change and then when you get these just big dumb rock songs that you get post 75 as much as i love keith richards and always will he's responsible for them not changing as much as yeah. they could have had sure like, had because you know he's like i'm oh i'm back in the reins you know and it's like no let 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 me take control it was yeah (laughs) pass the torch man uh zach and and brandon you guys were silent i mean i'm not accusing you of hating the stones but it sounds to me like you guys have different answers that's a fair assumption (laughs) me and zach have been in the back of many a long drive (laughs) start me up more like start me down (laughs) you just sit back I don't, it's beautiful. I don't need Wikipedia. And our road trip sounds like this. just picking a band and talking about them for hours. So, so if you guys ever add a tambourine player, I need I need to be that guy, basically. As the, or no, I guess Zach and Brandon would vote no, because then I'll, I'll take the band in a more Stones direction. Right. <laughs> so who do you guys have? Zach, Brandon? Uh, Zach, we'll I got uh, Beatles, probably. Yeah. Ooh. It's a fair choice. It's very respectable. Yeah. Any specific like argument? I well, mean, I mean, obviously, <laughs> evolution is clearly a factor with the Beatles. I mean, you do have a, a real wide array. Exactly, you got you got yeah. four different writers and songs. Of, yeah, just a wide array of whatever you're in the mood for. I was having a, they were only together for ten years. You got all of it's those wild like, in ten years. Like the amount of growth that they went through in their twenties is. I mean, drugs helped, but it was... Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, my buddy Cody from the band Cuddle Puddle and I were actually just recently talking about this, that, like, the Beatles kind of don't get credit for, I think, being the first, like, 
what would later be known as like collective. Like, like we think of them as a band and that's fine. Cause I mean, they are right. But they're also kind of like odd future or something like that. Where like you have four songwriters. I mean, you have like, you have three guys who are writing like a lot of songs and like straight up hits. I mean, like George Harrison's batting average is, is ridiculous. Oh my God. Yeah. Unreal. Unreal. And, and, and then like, honestly, even the Ringo pops in with a couple of pretty solid, like, I think the most overhated Beatles song is Octopus's Garden. That's a fun <laughs> song. Like, look, it's, it's not while my guitar gently weeps, but it's a fun song. Anywho, you've got this, like, you've got these four totally different voices who are doing different things. You've got John, especially like by the end, John is like wanting to sing about war and peace and life and death. And, and well, it, the day in the life is like the perfect distillation of it. Where you're like, John's like, he shot himself and it was sad. And then like, like Paul's <laughs> like, I have some cereal and I watch cartoons on the shit, you know? And it's like, that's all one band, you know? And I, I just like, I think they don't get enough credit. Obviously they get up more than enough credit for being like a great band. But I think maybe what they don't get enough credit for is like establishing this idea of like having multiple people kind of come together and do an art collective that's musical. Like you'd seen it with paintings and you'd seen it with graffiti and sculptures and stuff like that. But like, they might be the first band that like on a popular wide scale was like an arts collective. And uh, I think they really paved the way for a lot of other cool bands to do that kind of thing. Uh, Brandon, what what's your answer to the question? I, this might be cheating, but uh, Nick Motion. Okay. And so so that's a pretty wide discography. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Nick is a, Nick is a session player. He's played with like Lady Gaga, uh, <laughs> Winehouse, Bruno Mars, all of your favorite records, and then he's also played on all of your favorite records that you've never heard, which is like some Doctor. He played with Doctor John. His best stuff is with the oh, Field, oh Michael's Affair. So you can yeah, his credit list is. Okay, no, no, no. I, I think this is I, I, this is not only cheating; it's an incredible uh, hack. Like, like uh, the yeah. you you basically just invented the uh, monopoly free parking gets you five hundred dollars for house rule. Like, like, uh, yeah, no, no, no. This this is a great answer. Um, yeah, totally. Because this opens up like, okay, if I say Paul Simon, do I get Simon and Garfunkel? Yeah, yeah. I like oh, yeah, this a lot. You should. So if you say Jack White, yeah. you get the whole run. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like this. All right. All right. Oh. Well, so then, Zach, do you want to amend yours to Paul McCartney so you get wings, too? Or are you sticking with just Beatles? Yeah, I'm just sticking Beatles. Just saying Beatles. All right. He yeah. Yeah. Wings. Screw you, Wings. So, get out of here. So can I ask a question, then? Um, Please. Based off, okay. Where is everybody at with who had the best solo Beatles career? Oh, man. That's a great question. Well... Are, are you talking um, consistency or are you talking just excellency of album? You make your argument however you want to, but who's your go-to solo Beatle? Is there anything on Band on the Run that is better than All Things Will Pass? No. Well, I think no. Yeah, and I think that you get into the situation. Those are the two best solo albums for me. Oh yeah. well, and then Plastic I, I Ono band, but I mean, I, I I think All Things Must Pass still beats it as an album. But I think John Lennon had the most consistent career. Maybe. Uh, gosh, post, I don't know like, between him and Paul. I was gonna say post post Imagine though, John gets rough. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say too. Is uh, John like not to get dark, but John has a little bit of that. Like uh, I know he was older than this, but he's got a little bit of that Twenty Seventh Club kind of thing where like. 
I don't know where he was going with it, and it's hard to say where he was. I mean, like, Paul, like, Paul's a cheese ball. Uh, but, like, there's something to be said about, and hear me out here. Uh, I'm, I'm a Hufflepuff. I'm a Fozzie Bear. Uh, I'm, I think I'm a Paul McCartney as well. Like, <laughs> there's something to be said about, like, Wonderful Christmas Time and Live or Let Die yeah. and these songs that, like, permeate in the culture and have a relevance beyond just like being a beautiful complex piece of music if that makes sense I, like I, paul has like a really special staying power and um i even kind of feel like if he had died younger which you know i'm so glad he didn't i still kind of think maybe some of his songs would have stayed a little more zeitgeisty uh, I, he was always to me the, the hook writer he was always the, oh, the, most the bubblegum yeah. writer and i don't know so i i will i i think i i think i personally if you make me vote i vote george but i will make an argument for paul mccartney just for the sake of uh you know making sure that somebody stands up for for sir paul so <laughs> can we write you down in permanent ink as as going on the record for george though i think he can yeah okay. I, I, george George as a Beatle and post Beatles, his batting average is just wild. Like, mm -hmm. when, I, I can't even believe, well, cause like George doesn't even really start like fully contributing as a writer until rubber soul. It's yep, like right around. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, good Lord. You know I mean? Like, like what was he sitting on when they were put out the first couple records? Like, like, like when they're recording help, what does George have in his head that we just don't even know? I, I, I'll always wonder that. You think? You well, think? Well, the only reason I he say definitely that is improved as a writer. Yeah, I mean, because like okay. even like no, that's only, true. In, only like like only a northern song and all that kind of stuff that was kind of pre that era is not. Those are not solid songs. And you're, he even talks you're about right. yeah. He even talks about when he started writing. There were a couple songs that got recorded that he felt like he just needed to get out there, you know, just for the sake of getting them out. And he knew that he wasn't a good writer until. Yeah you know rubber well i would you know Maybe rubber revolver. soul and yeah revolver i mean sure. taxman's like the first great george harrison song I think. was that era his instant karma and then taxman is his blacklight animals is that can that's, really that's can fair to say <laughs> no taxman i think is the first great like great george song well and then like side a of abbey road is basically just george harrison just like yeah just like something just flexing. right there he could have died one of the best songs that, of all time man. yeah Question is is something the greatest Beatles song? Yeah. Oh, that's a, so, it, it, oh man, that's a whole nother that's, that's a whole that's, nother that's a ten whole episode podcast. <laughs> that's a mini series. Well, right. so are we all literally in agreement that George is the best solo Beatle then? Because I know that's my vote, Zach. So then we actually all just answered yeah, yeah. the 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 initial question of you're stranded on the International Space Station. Is the answer George Harrison? Is that now have we replaced Stones with George Harrison? <laughs> the Stones no, will no. never replace the Beatles. All right, all right. This, this fight uh, will never end. I understand. I understand. There's one person that won't agree with us, and that's Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I want Paul on the pod. That would be great. Um, okay, so I, I am going to ask uh, another question of you guys um, going back to Black Light Animals. What is a song from the album that you guys are particularly proud of? And it could be a couple different songs, you know, each of you might have one and, and specifically like a moment that people might not be aware of or that you would like to point out. I know as a songwriter that 
every now and then there's like a bridge or a, a guitar lick or something that you're like, man, I'm really proud of this. And there's kind of a complicated reason why. And uh, often those moments go under the radar. And yet I feel like as a listener of music, when I hear about those moments and learn about them, I appreciate the songs more on a permanent level. And so are there any moments on the record that you guys specifically want to call out? It could, it could be songwriting. It could be production. It could be a performance. Anything in particular? That's tough. There's so many little things I like about each song. But I mean, as a song, I'm probably most proud of Revolution's After Party. Because um, I think when we wrote that, that was just such a different vibe than anything else we've ever written. It's just so chill the whole way through. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I like that song as a whole the most. But as a moment, um, in Golden Child, there's a rhyme that, line that Cody and I wrote um, that mentions uh, God's favorite swipe right or God's only swipe right. And that's one of the favorite lines that we've ever written, yes. I think. Great lyric. Absolutely great lyric. Uh, yeah, no, Revolutions After Party. Um, I mean, like, I'm just a guy talking to you guys. So, like, obviously take this with a grain of salt. But, like, I wouldn't be shocked if the next record or whatever, not, you know, and, like, I hate to do this because, like, this is like this weird box that we put musicians in, right? It's like, you guys should celebrate this amazing achievement that is this record and live in it and like, let it live forever, right? But like, also we're always kind of looking to the horizon of what's new. I wouldn't be shocked if the next record has more and more of those kind of vibes or maybe not at all. But like that one stood out as one that was like, oh, this is an interesting sound that like, I'd love to see you guys really spelunk into that song and into that sound. Grab your flashlights and like, see how dark it goes you know what i mean uh yeah what, what about you guys what's your favorite for me the, favorite moment from the record for me it has to be brain cathedral for a couple reasons one uh I, it's the song i heard the least out of all of them while mixing and editing and all like <laughs> like i literally spent <laughs> a couple hours if not upwards of 10 hours on some of these songs just going back through revisions and then uh uh yeah cole actually recorded this one at his house i believe uh most most of it and uh he just sent it over to mix and i probably had it mixed within like one hour session and it just all fit together beautifully and like after listening the whole album all the way through it's just a beautiful breath of fresh air after the whole album to me so you're saying that one's your favorite by process of elimination? Well, no, like after <laughs> you're saying that one's your favorite because you don't like your guys' yeah, music and you yeah. listen to it the yeah, least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, just like yeah, basically because in the context of the whole album, it's just a great breath of fresh air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I uh, totally, totally. So you're the least burnt out. On yeah, burning. Yeah, right on, right on. <laughs> Cody, Brandon, do you guys have any specific like moments or tracks that you like yeah. just want to like, I don't know, call out? I okay. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat just like Moser did. I, I I've kind of got two. Um when I think the first one is um Dark Fantasies, because that to me, um that was kind of a weird situation because normally um a lot of the lyrics are written with Cole and I in the same room. And that was a cool. weird thing. Uh, that that was a weird thing because Cole had that first verse, <laughs> and then I was driving home from practice one night and got that second verse. Just I had to pull over, and I'll never forget like being so excited to get that and and pull over and just wrote that whole thing, that second verse. And then we came back together and Cole helped me clean up that second verse, and then we got the 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 chorus. And I just written down that 
like De Niro in 76. I didn't even know for a fact because the line is like De Niro in 76, let me be your taxi driver. I didn't know for sure that taxi driver came out in 76, but it rhymed that way. And so luckily taxi driver came out in 76. So you pulled that one out of the ether. Like there was, it was like, yeah, I'll, that rules. <laughs> I'll never forget. I was listening to Neil Young and for whatever reason, but that was just a big moment for, for me as a songwriter, because you don't, I, I, I don't know. Like I always struggle with like, Oh, is, is, is it good? Is it not good? That's a good thing about writing with Cole is you know immediately if something's good because if you pitch a line and it's terrible cole's gonna go oh that's that's not good same vice versa if he says something i'm like oh man that's that's kind of a stinker um but the opposite of it is if you say a line and somebody goes wow their face lights up and you're like that's you don't have to worry about is it good well you just you just saw it you know you know that it's good or you know it's bad well, and to your point, Cody, um, I, I think the other thing that, that that's beneficial to writing in pairs is there may be a line that you would normally think is a stinker and one of us will say something and the other one's like, okay, that sucks, but that gives me this idea. So I right. think there are lines that have never would have been born if we weren't writing together. Right. Uh, and, but just yeah. for me, like that Dark Fantasies kind of set the vibe for the record. It was the first song that we wrote. Um, it's got this weird, trippy horror section in the middle of it. Yes. I mean, it set, <laughs> yeah, it just set that vibe off. And then um, my, my second one, which is The Cheater, is uh, Revolution's After Party. To, to me, that that song has got a different vibe than uh, most songs. I don't know what the genre of that song is. I have no idea. I just sure. love that song. Sure. No, um, I, I love that you, thank you so much for giving us that, like, look into your process. Because I, I always am fascinated by that. Because I've been in, and I'm sure you guys have too, you know, like so many different musical projects, bands, et cetera. And so rarely does the process specifically look like something else you've ever been involved with before, you know? And like, I love learning how bands actually construct their songs. And uh, that, that's cool to know that that's how you guys go about it. I also think when you're writing with other people, true unabashed honesty is so important. Like, it's so important to like find a musical collaborator who you can be like, yep, that's not it, man. <laughs> like, that's just it. Like, and also like, um, like, like Cole, like you pointed out, like, I love the idea of like being like, Hey, you threw out this kernel, but like, there's something good in there. You know, like I need to extract the essence of what you were trying to say, or like, Hey, what you were saying is so dead wrong that the exact opposite is what we should try to say. And I, I love that. So that's, that's very cool to know. Um, a little bit more about your guys' process. Brandon, is there a specific moment that you want to call out? There was some point in making it when we were when we were recording where I felt like we actually figured out our process. Like we knew exactly how everything was going to go as far as how the song was going to be built and structured, how we were going to record it, how it was going to be overdubbed, and it just became second nature. And it would usually happen with Cole would come in with just like a verse or chorus on acoustic guitar. And then me and Zach would do the rhythm section and then bring it to them. And then they put lyrics to it. And then we would have the song done in a couple of days usually. And it was fun because this was the first time that we went in to the studio with nothing. We just would kind of go in with a very bare idea and be like, what can we do? Where usually these were songs that we'd already played live, songs that we practiced 20 times before going to the studio. Everything that you're hearing, or not everything, a lot of what you're hearing on the record is first or second take of ever recording that song. So it's a lot of original idea, I guess. 
and that was sure. cool to just kind of be a part of that that's awesome i i had no so it's like a lot of what's on the record then is like pretty raw as far as like the actual takes go i mean if you're talking about like second and third takes um you, you've got um you know i mean like like tom petty really famously like believed in the idea of like get the right amp get the right guitar and then just record it and then be done with it i mean like it sounds like you guys had like a little bit of that going on to it i think we're pretty meticulous when it comes to sounds um and, and what we want to hear but i don't know that we're as meticulous in like learning parts or practicing um i sure, I, I think sure. it's more important to have the right vibe and tone and 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 that kind of mixed with this raw element of this is someone playing the part that you're hearing that's literally just figuring out what they're going to play. And I think that's a cool element to hear. That's awesome. Yeah. I think we're saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, get, get like, if you're, if you're painting, Oh, I'm so sorry, Brandon, interrupt just really quick. Like if it's kind of like, like if, if you know you have the right colors to paint with, like who cares what you're painting? Like, you know, you have the colors you want and you know, like the basic image and like, there's something really beautiful about just like, getting it out there and and making it organic and I, I do think like with modern digital editing and stuff like that it can fans can really fall into the trap of like making it perfect and I think the reason people are so drawn to live music is because it's never perfect and uh I, I think that's a I think that's why a lot of people can't help but go back to records from the 50s and the 60s and the 70s because it's a time before music was perfect and there's something really beautiful about that Brandon what were you saying I'm so sorry I just wanted to talk talk for forever because it's my podcast and obsessed with I was, voice, no just so. going back to your point which i was going to kind of mention is the one thing we did kind of take from that style of music was the fact that these session musicians would go in in the morning they'd get in at nine o'clock and they'd have five bands that they'd have to do that day and they'd have to record many songs right they learn the songs for an hour and then the band would come in and they had to play it and i think we kind of took that idea and tried to put it to us to see if you could steal a little magic I guess. I love it. Yeah, I mean, like, when you look back at, like, 50s and 60s country musicians in particular, like, Nashville, like, the those players are unreal. Like, like what they're doing on, like, some of your favorite country records. Ever. They're just churning out, they're churning out number one hits every day, and it could be in any genre. Yeah, like, and it's, like, Tuesday at, like, 2 in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely wild. Um, so I want to start to kind of wrap up. Uh, we've mostly played your music and talked to you guys on the podcast, but a big thing to me about the local music scene is that we're a scene, we're a community. And so I'd like to give you guys an opportunity to call out and, and pick. And of course, I'll, I'll make sure that we have permission from whatever artist you guys decide on um, to play their music. But if there's a band or an artist or a particular song that you guys really dig from a local musician in the last couple years that you'd like to have played I, right now would be a really cool time for that because I, I I'm all about bands you know calling each other out and admitting like that we listen to each other's music and supporting each other in a, like in a very real way not just in a like hey we're friends but you know an actual community kind of way so uh is, is there a specific song by a by a local artist that you guys would like me to try to play on the record or on the podcast well, I think we're definitely all in agreement on the artist we'd like to hear, um, which is Foshi. He made one of our favorite records. I mean, just period, not just local, that we've heard in a long time, Strange yeah. Relations, a few years back. Incredible. Um, as far as song goes, there's, I don't know, there's so many good ones, like One of well, These Days, Middle-Aged Bachelors of Man. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, and I was going to say, the, the song that made us love him 
because I, I, I can honestly say he is my favorite local songwriter. He's incredible. Like, he's absolutely I, incredible. I love his music so much. Lyrics, chord progressions, mm-hmm. what he what he's yeah. a, what he does on bridges. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and his but, sound is completely unique too. Sorry, to but but I remember walking up and and he he was playing a show. I think it was like a record store day or something. And we were playing. We were playing Joseph, and he was playing before us. He was like, yeah, yeah. So at record store, and and I remember walking in, and he was playing the fight which i that song oh so yeah for 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 whatever reason that song has stood out to me ever since then um and i loved his guitar player at the time um gosh i can't remember his name but uh he, preston ott yeah and, oh, yeah. Anyways, and they were all kind of dressed similarly and i will just never forget that moment of walking in like with my equipment like with my guitar and just see, hearing that song come in and i was like who who is this guy you know and so the fight has always specifically stood out to me, but I, I let's love do everything that, that let's, he does. Uh, so let's let's do the fight by Foshi. This is off the record "Strange Relations," which came out in, uh, in in mid to late 2017, and yeah, absolutely phenomenal record, start to finish. So um, yeah, let's let's do that. The the fight by Foshi. Way into the 
That was Foshi, the song The Fight from the album Strange Relations. Came out in 2017. Absolutely love it. I hope Foshi's working on new stuff. No pressure if if not. He is. But yes, you, yeah. you guys have some insider. Yeah. Ooh, yes. I don't uh, know if we should reveal that on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Foshi. <laughs> yeah. But he, yeah, yes. He is. All sorts of breaking news on this one. Well, I, I am just so stoked to have had you guys on here and to try the first interview format of this podcast. If you're a listener, a subscriber, you know, et cetera, who, um, who heard this and has any, you know, uh, kind feedback, hit me up. Uh, I, I hope that you guys have enjoyed the format. Black Light Animals, I, I'm, I'm so, so thrilled that you guys put out this incredible record, Playboys of the Western World. And I am thrilled that we got to, to interact via Zoom uh, because I, I miss all of your, your beautiful faces. And I got to see them in a, in a, a pixelated kind of digital sense. Uh, let, let's plug the show again. I, I I can't remember the exact date, but let's plug the show and make sure that people are aware of this. It's outside, so people can like stand. If if you're you know want to, you can wear a mask and stand away from everybody else and come listen to live local music. Plug the show, please. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, August fourteenth at Lemonade Park, and uh, from what I understand, tables are socially distanced. You have to wear a mask when you're up, so it's you know it's all about board and it's all safe and. Um, It'll be the Freedom Affair opening, the Fay, and then Blacklight Animals and their first Incredible. inaugural show back. Incredible! Yeah. Oh, and I, the Freedom Affair—I have not played them on the podcast yet, but man, they—they they absolutely rock. Um, They're pretty well, good you, too. You guys have a tie with them, kind of via Sunflower Records, right? Not—I mean, like the podcast is almost over. I should probably should not open up a whole other thing, but right. <laughs> so quickly, and Moser and I um, actually are the guitar players in the Freedom Affair as well. How did I not? 
know that. Oh, well, so. then shoot. Okay. Well, let's, hey, how about I send everybody out on a Freedom Affair song? Yeah. What, what, song, what, what song should I play? What song should I play? No, I, there's only like two available. I've never imagined. Oh, no, no. Play yeah. Lennon, because we talked Beatles. Today. And we talked Lennon. You're right. You're right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So, yeah, we'll end on what Freedom Affairs uh, version of Imagine. Um, Black Light Animals, thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for being cool people. And uh, everybody should absolutely go check out that show uh, August 14th. I, I love that there is an opportunity for, for live local music to be happening and, like, you know, in a, in a truly safe, responsible way. I think that's awesome. And I'm glad you guys are getting that opportunity. So, yay. Uh, go vote for the pitch KC Best of Kansas City Awards. A bunch of your favorite musicians and artists and restaurants, et cetera, are, are, are people who would benefit from that kind of promotion. So, vote for Blacklight Animals and their record Playboys of the Western World. Vote for Ope Radio. Vote for Screen Lane Armor for Best Movie Theater. Incredible movie yes. theater. Slaps for Best Side Dish, their baked potato casserole. Well, all right. <laughs> This has been incredible. I hope that you guys had fun because I sure as heck did. Uh, <laughs> that's just Midwest dad right there. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> so Black Light Animals, thank you so much. And we'll send everybody out on 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 the version of Imagine. So, okay, uh, bye.
Oblast Radio.